You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, March 3rd, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. Want to take a moment to give a big shout out to subscribers to this podcast who are taking part of their day to listen. And if you're not subscribed yet, just go to your favorite podcast source and hit the subscribe button and we will deliver new episodes to your device each morning as they're posted. And if you enjoy this show, also give it a good review. That helps us out. The offseason, I think you could say, officially began for the New York Jets last night as they made their first major move, cutting Henry Anderson. Anderson spent three seasons with the team. He originally was traded from the Indianapolis Colts back in 2018 during the draft for a late-round pick, had a very productive 2018 season for the Jets, posting seven sacks, got a lucrative contract that offseason, to stay with the team as a free agent and the production did not keep pace you could say that Anderson regressed after his seven sack 2018 season but honestly that season was kind of a fluke in terms of pass rushing production he had seven sacks that season the entire rest of his career he has 4.5 sacks and that's in every other season combined quality run defender just a guy who made too much money though for what he produced anyway on today's show we are going to do our weekly mailbag thanks to everybody who sent in questions i'll get to as many of these questions as i can our first question on which date do you think the jets will announce their intention at quarterback all right you're putting me on the spot right here and i will give the disclaimer that this is purely a guess but I will go with April 29th, 2021, and that's not a random date. For those of you who really study the NFL calendar, you know that that is the night of the first round of the NFL draft. That's my guess. My guess right now, until I am proven wrong, is that the Jets will draft a quarterback with the second overall pick. Could be Zach Wilson. In fact, my guess right now is going to be Zach Wilson, and we'll get into that a little little bit later in the offseason I could change my mind though would not shock me for if it was Justin Fields could even be a Trey Lance but I I think that the most logical scenario remains simply that the Jets are going to draft a quarterback number two overall for the obvious reasons Darnold has not really progressed to the point where you can commit to him long term you don't know when you're going to be in this position again and while there's a possibility there could be a trade for Deshaun Watson and As of last week, there are now rumors about Russell Wilson potentially wanting out of Seattle. I don't think you can ever count on that. And even if Watson or Wilson eventually move on from their current team, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen right now. It doesn't necessarily mean it's going to happen this year. Sometimes these acrimonious contract standoffs last a couple years. You know, even when the player and the team part ways, it can take a while. And Look, if you are Houston or you're Seattle, even if your quarterback's unhappy, it makes sense to try and do everything in your power to fix the relationship. So with all of this in mind, 
things are very much up in the air right now. There is going to be a lot of quarterback movement in the NFL this offseason. In fact, we've already seen some movement. We've seen Jared Goff and Matthew Stafford change, te- change teams. So they will be starting in new cities next year. Carson Wentz is going to Indianapolis. So we've seen some quarterback movement. There is still a lot that's going to happen. And, you know, heading into this offseason, this is going to be an offseason where plenty of quarterbacks are going to change teams. So I cannot, I'm not telling you with my degree of certainty is not 95%. It's substantially lower, but my guess remains the Jets are going to draft somebody the first round of the NFL draft. And my guess is also they're going to hold on to Darnold until then, because I just think that also makes sense. I don't think you trade Darnold until you have your replacement on the, t- on the team. And I don't think there's a tremendous incentive to trade Darnold before the NFL draft. Now, as I mentioned, there are going to be some teams that fill their quarterback void before that point. So there may be some shooters who go off the board. But ultimately, I think there are still going to be teams available for Darnold. And the rumors have been a potential day two pick, which means that they don't need to get a deal in place before the draft. They can actually wait till the first night of the NFL draft is over and then make a deal on the Friday before day two of the draft. You know, they can essentially look at the bids for Darnold and make their choice where they're going to send him. And again, you know, you can argue that there will be some teams off the board because some teams will make a move for a quarterback before then. But and my, my opinion may be different if it was going to be an offseason with less quarterback movement, but there are so many teams in the NFL that need a quarterback. And on the one hand, while, while there will be some teams that move before the first round of the NFL draft, if you get past the first round of the draft and you still don't know what you have at quarterback – then you put yourself into a position where you have to do something. So that's the other side of the argument there. So, But ultimately, I'm going to guess, if you're asking me for a specific date, Thursday, April 29th, 2021, at the NFL Draft. That's when we will know the Jets quarterback moving forward. Next question. Do you think Philip Lindsay would be a good fit for the offense? Philip Lindsay is a running back who has spent the first three years of his career in Denver, a quality back. I, I like Philip Lindsay, a couple thousand yard seasons and, you know, maybe less important to Denver now that they signed Melvin Gordon. His first two years in the league with Lindsay were a thousand yard years. This past year, he did not play 16 games. And again, Denver had Gordon. So maybe his role on the offense is lesser. I mean, I like him. The issue I see with him, though, is that he's going to be a restricted free agent. And I think Denver's probably going to make him an offer. And again, the way restricted free agency works is that if your your team has a chance to make you an offer on a one-year contract, and if they do that, then that means, first of all, they can match any offer you make the player. So you really have to come up with a deal that the team's not going to match. But the other issue with that is that if you offer them a one-year contract, depending on how much money you offer, you may have to give them a draft pick if they choose not to match it. And I like Philip Lindsay, but I don't like the idea of giving up a draft pick for him. It could be as high as a first-round pick or a second-round pick. Now, there's also the possibility you could work out a trade for a player, but I just don't love the idea of making a trade for a running back. I don't love the idea of trading a pick potentially for a back when you're the Jets right now and you have so many pronounced needs at so many spots and running back. I think maybe sometimes we overstate how easy it is to get a running back in the NFL because I still do think a quality running back helps you. But relatively speaking, compared with other positions, it's not as hard. And again, 
if I'm talking about priorities for the Jets, I don't think running back is that high on the list. So I like Philip Lindsay. I think he, I do like him as a potential target for the Jets in the right scenario, but I just don't think that scenario is going to play itself out. I think that ultimately the timing is just not right for this. BetOnline.ag is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus for your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word, no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Mailbag Wednesday. Our next question, I know there's plenty of tape, but if they wanted to, would Salah and the coaching staff be allowed to hold a workout with Sam or anybody else on the roster right now? Is there a rule preventing this during the offseason? Maybe the tape is sufficient and nobody really needs this, but I was just thinking of how incoming coaches could get additional evaluation time on their current rosters. So this is set out by the collective bargaining agreement. And if you're not familiar with what the collective bargaining agreement is, it's essentially the rules of the league that are negotiated between the players and the owners. And the amount of work coaches are able to put in with their players during the offseason is set by this. Now, things are a little bit unclear right now because of the situation with the pandemic. Last year, they made changes and the offseason program was entirely virtual. It's not totally clear how it's going to function this year. I've read that it's supposed to begin in April. And typically what happens is you have three phases, which are purely voluntary. In fact, you get into trouble if you punish players for not attending and There are also rules of what you're allowed to do and what you're not allowed to do during the three phases. And then there is a mandatory mini camp at the end. And typically in recent years, teams that have hired new coaches have been allowed to have an additional mini camp, which is voluntary. So you get so if you have a new coach, you have an additional mini camp where you can evaluate these guys. Again, this year, things are a little bit unclear from what I've read, the off-season program is set to begin for most teams on April 19th and teams that have hired new coaches are allowed to begin that two weeks early so it would be April 5th but things are very much up in the air ultimately though if your question is can the Jets do it right now yes there are rules against that and again this is regulated there are specific rules about what coaches can do with players I mean, the first phase of the offseason is really conditioning stuff. And there are fa- there are periods during the offseason where coaches are not allowed to work with players, even when the players are showing up at the team facility. It is very limited. And in fact, there was some talk from the players this past year about trying to eliminate the offseason program in the future because there were players who felt like nothing was really lost this past offseason when everything went virtual. You know, there's questions now with guys staying in shape year round whether the off-season program's really that important. So stay tuned for that. But it is it is kind of limited, and a lot of that is unclear right now. It's, it's We don't really know what kind of changes there will be this year, whether they will be as expansive as they were last year. Next question, John, can you explain how we get the insider information and where people get their information from? 
Joe Douglas seems to run an incredibly tight ship, and no info is ever hardly leaked since he took over. Yet we are tied to almost every quarterback, and there's always an anonymous source who knows exactly what Joe Douglas is thinking, and then it seems to change from week to week. Do we ever have a true idea of what Joe Douglas wants to do, or do you feel that many insiders are just generating storylines due to the New York market? Well, there's no easy answer for any single piece of information. You know, sometimes these stories are legitimate stories and they're broken by insiders, guys like Adam Schefter and Ian Rappaport, who have very deep ties in the NFL and can get all sorts of information. Sometimes there's legitimate information that, you know, somebody in the organization's leaking, you know, could be Douglas. You know, when you're Joe Douglas, you're, part of your job is to build good relationships with reporters, so you may want to give them a scoop every now and then. Now, I mean, I don't know the extent to which Douglas is doing that, but that's not that unusual for a head coach or a general manager to do something like that. You know, some, some reporters develop ties with people inside the organization, lesser known names, and they can get their information that way. Sometimes things are leaked by agents. I mean, I can't tell you, every single year you talk to, even me, like, and I'm not like a big time Jets insider, I'll talk with some agent in the off season. Every single agent you ever talk with tells you that their clients who are in the draft this year, the Jets are interested in. Every single time I've ever spoken with an agent heading into the draft, he tells me about the rookie players entering the draft and 100% of the time they say the Jets are interested in their player. I remember one time I got this message from an agent saying, you can attribute this to a source. The Jets are showing interest in this player who was a draft prospect. I'm sitting there thinking, how ridiculous will I look if I publish an article like that saying Jets are, like, what does that even mean? Jets are interested in that player. So if you're an agent, then your job is to try and make it look like plenty of teams are interested in your players. So you may, and that also works with free agents. You know, if you're an agent, it helps you if you if the media is reporting that there are lots of teams interested in your clients. So you may embellish a little bit how much interest your client is getting you know some of this is i mean i I hate to say it some of it is i think it's difficult to generate content so people read too much into things that are really not that important i mean how many times you've heard somebody the list of teams deshaun watson wants to go to with us from a source close to deshaun watson i mean i've seen that the jets are his top choice i've seen the jets are his bottom choice and some of this stuff is just kind of speculation from that's pretty meaningless from sources that don't really matter. And there's also bad information. Sometimes a team, you know, a general manager may put out information. They may leak inf- information to a, a reporter that's wrong. You know, Joe Douglas might tell a reporter that we're interested in this player when they're not interested in that player. And that's just to throw the rest of the NFL off what the Jets are trying to actually do. Sometimes you, you, you know, these teams read what's what's happening in the media. So if the Jets are interested in a player, they may tell the media that they're interested in a different player. So there's no real easy answer to any of that. It's kind of a lot of different factors coming together. And any story you hear could be like one out of any of those options. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever, and the improved Built Bar is now even more delicious. There are now 18 amazing flavors. There are six new flavors, caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, to go with the 12 original flavors, coconut almond, raspberry, German chocolate, peanut butter, banana bread, mint brownie, salted caramel, double chocolate, orange, toffee almond, coconut, and peanut butter brownie. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They are delicious. They're soft. They're easy to chew. 
They're healthy. They're low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber. And if you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKEDON20, you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON20. It's all one word. There's no space. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, number two, number zero. 20% off at BuiltBar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Locked on Jets podcast, Mailbag Wednesday. Next question. John, how much of an impact do you think the fifth-year option being guaranteed now has on the Jets' decision with Sam Darnold? So if you're not familiar with this, when players are drafted in the NFL, the first contract they get lasts for four years. Players who are drafted in the first round get a contract that also has a team option for the fifth year. And they have to decide whether or not they pick up that fifth-year option in the offseason between year three and year four for that player. So this is the offseason where the Jets need to decide whether they're going to exercise the team option for Sam Darnold's fifth year. In the past, that money has not been guaranteed. That is a change to the league rules this year. If you pick up the fifth-year option, it is now guaranteed. I think that that change literally changes the decision the Jets will make. Because if that money was not guaranteed, you probably would pick it up with Darnold just in case he has a big year because you could always cut him if he continued to play poorly. I don't think you want to guarantee that salary because it is a big raise. So I think you're taking on a lot of risk because now you're adding a fairly expensive guaranteed contract for 2022. So I think it literally makes the difference. You know, in the past, there really have been very few situations where you would not pick up the fifth-year option. The player would have to just be terrible. For you, for you to not do it because it was largely risk-free. Now, the only other way, the only way the money would be guaranteed under the old system is that there were provisions that if the player suffered a catastrophic injury and could not play, then you would be on the hook for the money. Then the money would be guaranteed. So if you had a player who was like really injury prone and you were worried that they were going to suffer a serious injury and the player had not produced to that point, then maybe you'd turn it down. But there were very few reasons you'd turn it down, even if the player was kind of disappointing because, again, it was kind of a risk-free move, and if the player ended up overperforming, it's still, you'd have the, you'd have them under contract for another year. The Jets right now still would have other options if they, in the event they decided to bring Darnold back for 2021. They'd still have the franchise tag at their disposal, and they could still work out another deal if Darnold had a big 2021. So you'd rather have the the fifth-year option. But it's not a deal breaker. You know, the Jets still would have other options. In the, in, even in a world where the Jets decide to bring Darnold back for 2021, there's no need to pick up the fifth-year option because you have other things at your disposal in case he has a good year. Next question. Jets related by implication. A buddy of mine and I argued about the state of the Seahawks. I think they're in complete disarray and are looking at a third-place finish within their division at best. They're without draft picks, have little cap room to work with, and lots of holes to fill. Meanwhile, the Niners and Cardinals have their draft picks. They've been adding players who are good or getting hurt players back, and the Rams have improved their most important weakness on the team. I think there's a good chance they f the Seahawks finish last in the division, and that's good for the 2022 draft pick the Jets have. Thoughts about the current state of their team? Is it my rose-colored glasses, or am I onto something? You know, I think I've been saying this for a while. I think Russell Wilson is really hiding a lot of issues within that organization. 
because, I mean, I think they've wasted a lot of draft picks in recent years. They've made some very ill-advised trades. Now, they've hit on some picks, but they've made some bad personnel moves. I think Pete Carroll is behind the times on offense. I mean, you know, that was a team that was so focused on the run up until this past season, and he's still a guy, and he can't be folk, that focused on the run in today's NFL. I mean, even the teams that are run first in the NFL these days, they're running to set up the pass. They're running to make to make passing easier. And Carroll is just, I think he has this old school mentality where he wants to run and run and run until he has to pass. You know, when Mike LaFleur comes in and he puts in the quote-unquote Kyle Shanahan system, yeah, the Jets are going to look to run the ball, but it's a mechanism to make passing easier, to set up play action, to give your quarterback easier, easier reads to open up passing windows. I don't think Carroll has that philosophy. And I think what, what happened with Russell Wilson is that he came to the Seahawks at a point where they had a great roster, they had a great infrastructure. So people kind of saw him as a guy who was helping to facilitate things on a great team. And as he grew, he took on more and more of the load, but people didn't realize it because he was on a team that people saw was totally built when he first entered the league. So he, he was on a great team. So pe- because they stayed successful, people just assumed that they were still a great team. But the thing is, the infrastructure around Wilson was collapsing. And he took on more and more of the load. And it got to the, it's gotten to the point where I think he's really hiding a lot of the issues. Now, if they still have Russell Wilson next year, I don't think you can say that they're third place at best. Listen, I thought that they were a good candidate to regress this past year based on some of their fundamentals, based on some of their issues, and Russell Wilson kind of willed them to a division title. So they still have, and listen, they still do have other players, including Jamal Adams. It's not like a team that has nothing, but I think there are some serious issues with the way they've been building. I think there are some serious philosophical issues on their coaching staff. I would not be surprised to see them take a step back this next year, and these rumors of discontent with Russell Wilson, I mean, they're an issue. Because I think if you take Russell Wilson off this team, you may have one of the worst teams in the NFL. And I think his greatness is obscuring a lot of the problems that they have. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy our show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.